What is up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of Roll for Persuasion, your weekly nerdy D&D entertainment comic books, really whatever I feel like talking about. That's what this podcast is about. But it is very often about Dungeons and Dragons, and I get the feeling that today will be no exception. Before we get rolling, I want to give a quick shout out to one of my awesome sponsors, AwesomeDice.com. If you want Awesome Dice, they are an awesome place to get them. You can go there, AwesomeDice.com, use the code ROLLPERSUASION, save 10% on your order. You support the show and you get some shiny math rocks, which is a great deal. So we thank them for supporting us and for you for supporting them, AwesomeDice.com. As always, follow the show on Twitter at Roll Persuasion. It's a great place to interact with me. I just sent my 5,000th tweet today, and I'm not sure if that says more about you guys or me but it definitely happened. So, confession, today's episode was meant to be live streamed, uh, and I am admittedly a Twitch noob, which we discovered very quickly as unfortunately the streaming part fell apart. We'll see if we can't uh, have our guest today back on some other time for the stream, because he is no stranger to streaming on Twitch. Uh, Todd Kenrick is, uh, what are you, you're the, you're the content director, is that right, at D&D Beyond? Yeah, I'm the creative manager, creative content manager. director. I, I have many titles. No, uh, at D and D Beyond, and uh, and yeah. you stream frequently, so all the time. So you're used to you're used to everything going wrong. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Well, and I was in television before this, so it's well, yeah. so you you've been living in it for a while. Well, thank you so much for uh, for working through the technical issues and then still being on the show. I'm super excited to have you on and chat about uh, this game we enjoy playing and the game that you get the honor and privilege of sharing with many, many people around the world. Yeah, should be fun. So uh, you work at D&D Beyond, your background's in television. How did you, how did you get into Dungeons & Dragons in particular? What was kind of the, the first memory of it for you? Oh, um, uh, I grew up in a, in a fairly poor family, a very poor family, really, but also in the middle of nowhere. And my my brother had bought a lot of used first edition D and D books. And, um, there was kind of like nothing better for a young child to be looking through the monster manual and just fantasizing about these monsters yeah. being real and fighting them. So uh, I would spend, you know, all day reading the monster manual over and over again, or daydreaming about the type of character I would make. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the monster manual is what really hooked me as a kid. Cause it was like the best thing. Like what kid didn't want a book full of monsters. Right. That, that, that I talked about them like they were real. Yeah. Um, and, and that's why I, uh, absolutely, I, I fell in love with D and D. I didn't get to play until I was eight. Mm. Um, and, uh, I, my brother forced me, we were on vacation. And he forced me to play a cleric because back in first edition, um, anything could kill you. Uh, you know, just, <laughs> So, so he, he needed the heel right there. Yeah. 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 Uh, that, that cleric was short lived. Um, but then I soon started playing my character, Averin, the, the ranger. Um, and, uh, the rest is kind of history. Now he's a coin. It's a real thing that happened. Oh yeah. I saw you tweet about that the other day. That's crazy. Yeah, it's very man. weird. It's That's very super weird. cool. Yeah. Do, do you remember, uh, any specific monsters from first edition from reading that book over and over that you're just like, oh man, this monster I thought was the coolest. Oh, wow. Um, there were monsters I thought were disgusting, like Vargoyles. They, you know, the, their heads rip off of bodies. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it was totally gross. Um, I was always in love with the, you know, gelatinous cubes. Mm -hmm. um, the artwork for like shadows and wraiths. Uh, I, I was, I was pretty drawn to, you know, the undead were really cool. Um, so uh, the, 
it's it, I loved reading about all the different dragons. You know, back then golden dragons had no wings. Um and uh yeah, there were there were a lot. Um, you know, I I, I was pretty fond of oozes. You know, oozes yeah, scared yeah. me as a kid. <laughs> like, you know, movies like The Blob. Right. Like I grew up in a lot of like old movies, you know, like the 1950s blob before right. the 80s version came out or 90s, I can't remember. Um, but yeah, and there's there were kind of like too many of them. And and I, I eventually had the fiend folio, so I was pretty enamored with the Gith Yankee. Mm, yeah. Um as well. There was great cover art on the fiend folio at the back. You could there was a, a wizard's a sword with the hilt being a wizard's beard as the hilt. And the blade came out of the wizard's mouth. And I thought that was pretty metal. So yeah, that's that's pretty hardcore. That's what yeah. I've loved uh going through that um the I guess it's like the Art of Dungeons and Dragons book that came out uh a year or so ago. It's like the yeah, history yeah. you have D D showing all because I only got into it recently, about four years ago with fifth edition. So right. getting to go back, you know, and, and see some of that artwork and how it shifted over time um, into what we have today is it's a pretty cool, you know, kind of journey to see all that. It, it's really fun to look back at uh, where the art has gone. And they those authors put um, a lot of love into the, the book and uh, meeting all of them was was really fun and uh, hanging out with them at yeah, the time. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's a very good book. I highly recommend so you have a you have a history in like TV and, and content production. Um, yeah. When what kind of fostered that early interest in storytelling? You know, to kind of now become <laughs> Absolutely. a career. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Wants nothing to yeah. do. With it. So, um, I, I loved movies, and mm-hmm. my mind uh, very early on, I was a very strange child. <laughs> they didn't know what to do with me. Um, I didn't speak at all. Uh, to the point where there were concerns um, to the level I didn't speak. But mm. for some reason, I can remember anything I visually saw. And so I started knowing like the plots to movies as a child before my folks did. Or I would know, they would use to would flip TV channels and I would tell them what the show or TV show was by seeing, seeing a single frame. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, because my memory just works very strangely. So I, I began getting very drawn into... Um, cinematography and like that kind of stuff but that was beyond my reach you know financially um and uh you know i eventually got into plays um and that was fun but really when when D really took off for me was all of us were like theater kids and we got together and we started playing D, and it didn't matter if you didn't get the role you know as oberon in midsummer's night's dream we could just play our games and act and yeah. be be great and um that theater of the mind mentality was fantastic yeah. so i played lots of dungeons and dragons and west end D and uh all all sorts of other games and gamma world and and stuff like that but it really gave us an opportunity to tell stories and to act and without cost yeah yeah <laughs> um i did join eventually you know i went to college for theater and film film is pretty liberal way of saying it yeah we we couldn't afford film we could barely afford videotape uh but i learned to like make videotape video look like uh film at the time and uh and and that was really fun but also really really hard work yeah i I produced for some cable shows uh, famous ones that i won't bring up here but (laughs) um that was really hard work and i just wanted to tell stories and um you know 
just didn't have the access to the funds to do so. So eventually became a, a news photographer because there was nothing else to do. And then, and then I became a director and, and a camera. I did everything. I've done just about every job. Yeah. 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 It, it's an intense industry. I, I did news photography, so not videography. I did like newspaper journalism for several years. And even, right. even just from the print and well, digital at that point and photography standpoint, um, is a crazy amount of production. And then I would shoot, you know, live sports games. So I'd be there chatting with the production crews and, you know, the guys doing, you know, the ESPN broadcasts and, and the kind of things that they were, you know, thinking about on a minute to minute basis yeah. you know, for a live production. Just it's insane. Yeah. I would direct in TD. And if you, if you don't know what TDing is, um, uh, it's uh, you're a technical director and you're switching mm-hmm. the show live. So different right. channels of graphics and video and all this stuff is happening on was essentially, if you saw star Wars, that giant panel that makes the Death Star explode um, is it's like having eight pianos and yeah. <laughs> like it's like playing live. Yeah. And it's uh, only a few people can do it. I've seen plenty of people just walk away and just just open a door and walk into the distance. <laughs> like I've Done. seen a lot of people Hands just up. melt down. Yeah. T- TV is a rough business. Yeah. I imagine though that that visual memory you were talking about, or I would assume that that probably you know, played a pretty helpful role in that particular role, right? Where you're managing, okay, what's on 30 different screens at once. And what am I jumping to? Like, like, did that kind of, did, did, it, did it feel like that kind of equipped you to, to be yeah, quick did, in so the moment? I was also, because I was so quiet, I observed people a lot. So mm-hmm. I know what they're going to probably say next. And I also know like the beats and the rhythms of things. Right. And uh, right. I, I did get his, uh, I hit a point where I just wasn't, just didn't want TD ever again and direct at the same time. And I'm just like, now this is not for me this yeah. is not worth it because this is screaming and running and breaking news and and um you know it, it, it was this i got to a situation where i was doing seven shows a day and it was just too much yeah so, that, that seems like it could get overwhelming pretty yeah, quick yeah, yeah. and doing and doing photography you know, being a, a field photographer was rough yeah, especially like high crime environments and oh uh, yeah yeah um yeah definitely yeah definitely was a lot my, so. my first day, and we'll try not to get too dark, but my first day interning at the paper here in Houston, that literally, literally my first day, uh, they sent me out on a double murder suicide. Yeah. And I was like, I'm like a 19 year old, like college kid. And I'm like, Oh, this is all right. We're going in. Um, so yeah, it can be, it can be a tough, you know, yeah. it's, overwhelming. Um, it, it was a lot of that. And, yeah. uh, there's a lot of guilt that kind of comes along with that because everyone sure. who's showing up to like these tragedies are there to do something good right um to help and as a photographer i just couldn't i couldn't handle it anymore yeah um i yeah. couldn't handle it i'd never wanted the job in the first place i never wanted to be part of news yeah it didn't appeal to me but it did lead me to go to eventually msnbc for a job that i actually like i'd actually been doing extreme sports shows which was totally not my thing but i would cut an entire hour for like fox sports or you know abc yeah cable in a week and that was intense. It was a very intense shop. And then I went to MSNBC and uh, I saw that they didn't have a video game reporter. And um, I just started doing it without really asking. Make, make the job you want to have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just started doing it and they did really well. And uh, they gave me a job. And then I became the editor in chief for all video game coverage to NBC eventually. And that was a, that was a wild ride. Wow. Do, uh, yeah. Did you ever watch The Office? Like the show, The uh, Office. Uh, I, I've seen The Office. 
Well, there, um, they, I didn't have much time for watching anything. Oh, that, that's fair. Then. That's fair. <laughs> I, I think there's one episode where Jen wants to be the uh, like the office uh, administrator or something, so she just starts doing it. Like essentially, what you're talking oh, about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, just, it was just very much job. that kind of. Yeah, they made a mistake. Uh, the sales team had sold like because um, <laughs> I wasn't even in the business of creating content. Mm-hmm. The sales team was like, "We need a, we sold a tech show," and they're like, "You can't just sell a tech show on MSNBC." <laughs> and uh and they're like hey you're nerdy (laughs) (laughs) guess who's in charge of the tech show now and you you know how to use a camera and stuff uh why why don't you we need like five episodes of uh, oh my god five things of content i'm like sure uh pax is coming up and instead of doing five i did a 40 so i just went to pax prime it was just pax back then and i um just went i interviewed every single game developer um a lot of people that I never thought I was ever going to meet. It yeah. was absurd. It was this little tiny little camera, but everyone made time for me because MSNBC. Right. And I met all these people and I, I, friends of mine found me in the convention asleep, huddled with my camera in a corner. It's um, like fetal position, like with a hand. I knew that was like my an, moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was my moment. Yeah. It was the, the, I was never going to get a moment like that in my life. Right. Where I could just like, they, they underestimated what I was about to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I published all of those videos. Wow. And they're like, all right, you have a job. You're just doing this apparently. <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was great. It was a great time. I had a great, I had a great boss in Michael Wan, um, uh, who, uh, works at Microsoft now, but, uh, he, he was just a fantastic, uh, editor and boss and mm-hmm. very encouraging, um, of my career. So he was a fantastic guy. Well, that's super cool. So, so when, when did the shift then, uh, happen to Dungeons and Dragons? Was it directly from what you were doing to D and D beyond? Was there kind of a bridge in between? No, it was funny because it, that was the one thing I couldn't get them to let me do was, uh, covering D and D because mm. it was so niche. Right. And, uh, you know, I covered everything. I covered indie games and all this stuff. And I got really into the photography of it. And we're really trying to kind of get that, um, indie game feel, aesthetic you know the documentary so we started using sliders i bought my own gear yeah um because i just wanted to make like a, a more fine-tuned product and i i had been a huge fan of g4 yeah um which is funny that it's coming right into, i know yeah it's coming back um and xpy and uh, all, all those people were very lovely to me um but uh, eventually like nbc there were there were layoffs and the, their focus was less nerd culture sure um and that was Comcast wide. I mean, it, it, it's not a shock that, you know, X play went away and a year later, so did I. Right. We're all big part of, the, we were all part of the same family, but so I worked at Amazon for a while, but I just created a documentary series called dungeon life. That was about D and D. And I just interviewed the people from wizards of the coast and I, I never, I didn't expect it to do well or anything. I just, this is what I want to do. Right. Um, I just want to talk about D and D all day, uh, desperately. So, and to me, because what's great about people who are creative, um, is they're passionate and they can speak at length about the things they're passionate about. Yeah. And it was so fun. And talking to Jeremy Crawford and Chris Perkins and picking, picking their brains and just having uh, back and forth. Um, I loved it. And then, um, I actually, I was the, I was the victim of yet another layoff and I, I, I contacted, contacted Adam Bradford, um, 
who technically was owned by the same company, weirdly enough at the time. Oh, right. Yeah. Amazon. And I was working at Amazon and uh, I was like, Hey, how about we, what if we just do original content on D and D beyond? And I was like, that's a good idea. Like, give me a minute. <laughs> and so like, unfortunately my coworkers were like, you know, having the, oh, a terrible day and I, I instantly knew what I needed to do. And um, so I went over to D and D beyond and yeah. just got to work right away. And, yeah, getting interviews and um, it's been a dream come true since, you know, and I have this great writer, uh, James Hake, yeah. uh, that I work with. Uh, he writes, you know, all the, the written content and uh, I work with Lauren Urban, who is this, this, this shining light in the community who cares so much about D&D and she's absolutely wonderful. So it's, it's, it's been a dream come true for sure. So, uh, what is a day in the life then of, of Todd at D and D beyond? Because like, like you mentioned, you're going to have to hop off uh, the podcast in a bit cause you're prepping for a game. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you, you're, so you're running games, you're producing content. Like what does any given day look like? Wow. That's a better question for my wife. Um, <laughs> cause I don't know what I do. Uh, so, um, a day in the life. Uh, I feel like these days, especially with everything happening in the world, uh, you're just kind of like, balancing as many plates as you possibly can. Right. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of different things. You know, I'm analyzing, you know, videos and seeing what works and what doesn't, what I personally want to say as a creator, um, you know, you know, prepping for a D and D game. Cause I feel like what you say really truly matters in, in these games, but yeah. also making sure like I worry all the time about the players having their moment and, um, and, uh, you know, I have all those same anxieties that anyone has as a, as a dungeon master. Um, I love interviewing, but it's all, it's on the, what, what people don't see is it's a lot of scheduling. It's a lot of failure. Yeah. It's a lot of thinking Mm -hmm. all the time, uh, reacting. Um, I'm, I definitely am. If uh, you know my action economy, I got way too many bonus action items. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, but it all comes together at the end of the day, but it is, you know, the day ends pretty quick, you know, yeah. thinking of topics for Todd talks, you know, and, and also, you know, thinking about like, okay, well, you know, who haven't we had on and, um, you know, looking at indie creators, you know, who are creating D and D content and stuff like that. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, it's a job that initially was just me getting to be very self-indulgent and talk to, um, people who play D and D and mm-hmm. now it's become definitely a, a responsibility and one that I take to heart in yeah. a big way. And, yeah. and do you do all of the Todd talk stuff? Is that all live or do you, you know, keep a bunch in the can that you can roll out each no, week? No, that's all live. I'm uh, frequently off the top of my head. <laughs> so, uh, probably much to the chagrin of our, our social media team. Um, I am, uh, I, I, I am a wild cannon sometimes. Yeah. Um, because my mood is shiftable perhaps, but, uh, also like, I like, I, I'm, I come from a breaking news background where you just, you change, you right. do, you, you make a change and that's life. And, uh, but, uh, yeah. So that's basically what goes into that. Like we, we don't pre-tape anything. It's yeah. all live. Yeah. Um, I'm not against pre-taping. That's fine. Sure. I, I, but we do right for now. We do it live. I, I ask mostly because I, I have gone through, I'm on about month eight, I guess of this show. But I've gone through, you know, like launching with like 10 episodes in the can. And I'm like, yeah, I'm always going to stay two months ahead. And then uh, around Christmas, I was like, I'm going to stay one month ahead. And then around April, I was like, I'm going to stay a week ahead. 
Yeah, and I think yeah. at this point, you know, in the pandemic where it's like, if I get an episode out this week, it's a win. <laughs> like we might yeah. just have the reason for maybe trying to do this on Twitch is like, you know what, man, if I can just do it live, then like, <laughs> well, and it, yeah. it does force you. you like, you have to be on time on right. Twitch. You can't be late. You've right. got to do it. So sometimes some people work differently. Like, um, I do recommend being ahead of time. Um, and especially having work done a month ahead of time, especially if something goes wrong is super helpful. Sure. But yeah, if you have a live stream schedule, you're, you gotta do it. You yeah, know, the show must go on. That's yeah. the rule. It's like being in theater. It's like live television. You have to do it. <laughs> yeah. You, you can't just say, sorry, we'll try again next week. Like you gotta, you gotta show up. You know, I, I have anxiety uh, disorder and sometimes I, I'll have a panic attack, um, yeah. which is weird because it, and it's weird because I care about D and D so much. I am more sensitive to it and then because I used to talk in front of like, you know, a lot of people. Sure. <laughs> it's like, and it never bothered me. Right. Never really thought about it. it. Didn't make me nervous. Um, sometimes NBC would have me like talk to the entire company. And when you're like the video game guy and everyone in the audience has like a Pulitzer or like, <laughs> you know, like, or have like taken bullets. Right. Um, to cover like the war in Iraq and stuff. And then you're up there telling them how to do their jobs and how like social, the, the world of social media, right. and, like, all this other stuff. Like, you know, it's, um, absurd. Yeah. And, but the, that stuff never made me nervous. The stuff that makes me nervous is the stuff I care about and the people yeah. I care about. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, let's take a, just a real quick second here. Um, I want to give a shout out to another sponsor actually, uh, located in Seattle. So very near to you. Um, and you guys know that I love them very much. Talon and Claw are the makers oh, yeah, yeah. of gorgeous, gorgeous uh, wooden dice accessories, DM screens, um, just beautiful, beautiful stuff. And they're always coming out with cool new products. I know right now uh, the Whiskey Barrel Dice Vaults are getting made. They did some really mm -hmm. awesome stuff for Pride Month. Um, Todd, do you have any, do you have any talent and claw gear in your, in I your don't, world? I don't. I'm a, a terrible person. I didn't even know they were local uh, until uh, a month ago because uh, I, I keep myself to myself. I am not sure. an extrovert which is i know weird um but uh yeah i'm certainly not opposed to buying some um well, i i was told that uh we can send you a dice vault should you be <laughs> interested we will we will gladly we sent we said i think lauren has one I know, I know we sent one to hope um so you know we're, oh, very we're, cool yeah we're slowly yeah. getting the whole team so should you want that we'll, we'll connect afterwards but uh yeah yeah let me know i have a dice problem as uh as so many of us dice do. is aware yeah <laughs> to the point where they're like maybe you should spend less <laughs> it, it's time to go home like that kind of yeah, thing. yeah yeah it's, it's bad it's it's a thing uh, well if you guys also have a dice problem you can go to talonandclaw.etsy.com and you can check out some of the amazing things that they are working up in the workshop uh, up there pacific northwest um use the code roll persuasion again you'll save 10 percent, and they use that to support the show um and really i mean their work is is fantastic i have a few different things and i'm getting more because i too have a problem so definitely check them out talonandclaw.etsy.com they help make the show happen yeah i need to play some sea of thieves with them yeah yeah they've been streaming them and uh i think uh, uh mini terrain domain jake jumped on within the other day and, oh okay uh, yeah, yeah. so, so it yeah, looks I'm like a fun crew. that game i'm an evil person i tried that game for all of a week when it first came <laughs> out and i was like well i don't think this is for me and now i wish i still had an xbox because i would probably try it again because it seems better now but uh yeah it's got a lot going on yeah yeah seems like fun so, so let's talk about, let's talk about the streaming games. So, and, and, and I know that there's a shift right now happening, right? Cause beyond heroes yeah, wrapped up, yeah. 
Um, and are, are you still, are you still going to be DMing games for the time? I being? will be still, yeah, I will still be DMing games right now. We're doing fire and forge leading our, our new players into silver and steel. Um, just trying to co- focus on one game and, and, uh, Jasmine Bular is just doing such an amazing job, mm-hmm. uh, as a dungeon master and the NPCs are so fantastic. Um, and I'm having a great time. <laughs> is playing yeah uh so it's very it's a very selfish thing but i will be back uh dungeon mastering very soon and i currently am like today i'm dungeon mastering fire and forge yeah. but uh there will there will be i by hook or by crook i will be dming uh very soon one way or another what yeah, what yeah. uh how did that eventually come about when you told adam hey let's work together let's make original content was that um in your head at the time like streaming streaming a game or did that just kind of naturally yeah, absolutely. evolve i always want i always wanted us to eventually stream a game I, f- I felt like it was important and it was it was good for you know educational purposes mm-hmm. um uh we we were i would say we were all fairly new to streaming you know i had i had actually streamed a game with my wife and all our friends uh, oh, okay. my from my apartment <laughs> on many hot days without air conditioning oh man um and that was called as guardians of the galaxy uh, as guardians of the multiverse um that that was quite fun actually and we had some really fun players and and we may bring bring that back actually actually um because it was such a fun absurd dnd campaign yeah uh i I truly loved it so yeah uh you know it was heroes of the veil and you know I didn't like the veil part so much myself so i i uh, i have nothing against the veil i just wanted to do other things sure yeah beyond heroes and stuff like that and and then how did uh how did you guys you know choose players was it just kind of a collaborative hey here's some cool people let's go yeah it was very cool you want to play uh (laughs) it just kind of happened yeah yeah it was it was uh it was kind of chaos i would say uh to some degree but yeah we just just grabbed a bunch of people yeah what what are the challenges in dming a streamed game because you guys have always been streamed remote right versus like in person um, well, well, first and foremost, and, uh, this is an, a knock against VMix, but there's a delay. There's a very sizable delay that we encountered where people would interrupt each other. Mm, and yeah. that's, that's the thing that you lose, um, when you're, when you're streaming. So we, once we moved to zoom and we accepted a little less video quality, I would say, mm-hmm. um, at the time, uh, you know, our chemistry just took off. Yeah. And it's strange how important, you know, hearing each other in in real time without a delay sure. um, is to Im- improv. And uh, we all kind of like grew together and, and found our beats um, and what was funny. And DMing was terrifying. Um, when I was asked to DM, I was very, very, it was one of those moments in your life where you're like, yeah, I want to say no, but I know I have to say yes because, right. yeah. you know, you don't get a lot of shots out there in yeah. this world. And, um, that was my shot. Uh, I'd always wanted to do it, but also, wow, terrifying. Uh, and I had, I've, you know, I had a blast. I had, I, I continue to do so. I like telling those stories. I like that shared storytelling. I love it when my players like surprise me. Sorry about the door. Oh, you're good. You want um, to actually go and run? Yeah. Go real quick. You're good. <laughs> All right. I'll be right back. All right.
Sarah, living in the world that we are today, answering the door means a lot of prep. Right, right. Going, <laughs> going through the, uh, the isolation chamber and you know, decompressing yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the whole thing. No, no, it's all good. Yes, we were, we were talking about streaming the game and you mentioned, um, you know, it was kind of a, a little a little overwhelming or scary at first. Did you, did you have a moment where you felt like, oh, you know what, I've got this, or you kind of hit your stride where you felt comfortable with it, or are you still waiting on that moment? Oh, no, I always feel like I have it. I always feel like I have like inventive, strange, crazy stories. Mm-hmm. And I know like my players constantly tell me I do, but I, I'm very comfortable with the stories that I tell. I, I wish I had more time to prep them a bit more. Um, and tailor make them for the players. Sure. Uh, so there's things that you as a DM always can always improve. But I have a very, I feel like a very good sense of story and making things weird, sometimes making things too weird. I love timey-wimey yeah. stuff. Um, but that can be a little overwhelming. My own character, Averin, has existed like 8 billion times. He's got clones and homunculus and all this yeah. other stuff. Um, He's very Doctor Who, <laughs> right? Which is a bit overwhelming. But uh, but for when you're a dungeon master, I mean, I mean, you have you can do anything, right? Yeah, that's what I love about it. And, and like, I love plane hopping and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And uh, I I was just very thankful. So I was never ner- worried about my ability to tell a story. Yeah. Um, it was just jitters. I mean, sure, you care. Sure. That's that's how it is. That's the hard part is caring. Yeah is the hard part so yeah what do you have uh if you can talk about is is there anything on the horizon in D that you are uh, excited about that you're that you're really looking forward to um my <laughs> yeah i mean it, it was pretty public twitter wise but you know i eventually eventually we're gonna see a hopefully a monster that my wife and i um i don't know i what's the I wouldn't say invented since we didn't invent uh, mind flares or anything, but you know, gnome flares, the concept of that yeah. uh, is hilarious. And this is like an example of how my wife is, uh, you know, way more creative and, and smart, smarter than I am. I just thought it was funny to have a gnome flare yeah. and that that would be hilarious, like a tiny chibi gnome flare. And then she tweeted at Richard Witters uh, that she wanted a gnome flare that was like had tiny little legs and actually walked using its tendrils yeah. and she even sent him like a rough sketch and it was so uh adorable and what he drew from that was this absurd and max dunbar drew my version mm. and it was it was just like a nice thing to especially like share with your with your partner yeah. is like this this weird monstrous cute ugly cute yeah. thing and i was in an interview with chris perkins a year ago and i was just like I pitched like I pitched him live in an interview, which is very unprofessional because we were talking about abyssal chickens. I'm like, how about the gnome flare? And he's like, yes. (laughs) And I'm like, I adore you. Uh, Thank you. Um, But uh, as far as like other things coming up, there's always something coming up. I got NDAs for the next three years. So (laughs) that's funny. Well, that's super cool, man. Um, Before we wrap up here in a few minutes, uh, what has been, what has been your favorite thing that like D and D has brought to your life? If that makes sense, um, whether it's relationships or, you know, opportunities, like, like what, what can you kind of point out? Like, you know what, this game has really kind of given me. Blank. Uh, that's impossible because it's given me too much. Like when I was a yeah. kid, it gave me a, an escape where I, you know, I got into a lot of fights in public school mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I was the odd kid or, 
you know, growing up on a farm, rather boring sometimes. I would just chase rabbits all day with like, like a wooden spear. I wouldn't kill sure. them. Um, but, you know, reading those books gave me like, it sculpted my imagination so very early mm. and made it so unusual, um, made me such a visual person. Uh, and that carried on throughout like all those hard times you have. Yeah. Like being a teenager, I could like play D&D or think about D&D or think about stories. Um, and, you know, once you really get to start playing with friends, it's the shared storytelling. You remember these adventures like they're real. Yeah. Because you are sharing these moments together and things are so much funnier with other people. Like you may come up as with an idea as a dungeon master, but like the best thing about being a dungeon master is when you are just silent and you're watching the chaos that you helped create, watching your players take the rain, uh, the reins is so delightful. Yeah. And so then eventually D and D became friendship for me. And I, and I had uh, a very rough year of my life. And I, as a news photographer, I saw some terrible things. I was in, I was in a riot. I was in um, two shootouts. Um, I, I witnessed someone murdered, and consequently, uh, you know, not shocking to anyone, I ended up with uh, PTSD yeah. um, because it was a sustained year of seeing terrible things that probably no one should ever right. see, um, both on the job and just as a function of where I was living. Uh, and, and from that, but D&D gave me an es escape because the, the, the problem with that type of PTSD uh, that I was experiencing is I was very aware that everything can go wrong at any time, at any location. It doesn't right, matter yeah. if you were in your home, on the street, in the grocery store, at the mall. I became all just suffused with that truth of you're never safe. That's why I felt constantly. Mm. And that, that is... But D and D is like okay. I I never go into a dungeon. <laughs> like I never fight a dragon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm never like getting engulfed by a gelatinous cube. And it helped just give me a break from myself, and it healed so many wounds because of that. And it's given me a career. <laughs> you know, I I own a home, which I never thought that was ever going to happen for me. I I was affected. I I lived in an a. Um, a condemned building for a wow. very long time um, uh, with several homeless people as well. And D and D has affected every facet of my life. And then, you know, I got, I, I met my wife and we, we got married and I run a one shot, you know, a one-on-one -on -one game with her at home and we laugh. It's so fun. And she, her characters are so absurd and funny. And uh, now I get to DM for a living and I get to play in, in a game with my wife uh, with a fantastic DM. And I have all these friends. I, I could, there, there's no facet of my life that has not been changed by D yeah. or has not, is not my favorite. It's just been there with me forever. Yeah. So I don't know how to separate it. Yeah. It, it's just integrated into the fiber of everything, which is, which is kind of beautiful, right? Yeah, it's it's been a it's been a really great experience. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I can end on anything better. Sorry than for that. the long. No, 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 that's, sorry for that long. That answer. is. Uh, <laughs> hey, you you run an interview show. You want people to give long answers usually, and uh, yeah. you just let them go. No, that was that was really fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. By the way, um, you know, I know sometimes that stuff can be hard to share, so I, I really appreciate you sharing it with me. I'm a I'm I'm an open book. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah. Well, it's uh, I'm fine with 
talking about anything. Well, very cool. Well, well, speaking of talking about anything, we'll wrap up the show. Um, but if you are a supporter of the Patreon, patreon.com slash roll for persuasion, that means you get access to the bonus zone of truth segment, um, which typically I'll prep my guests for, but I didn't today. So we're going to talk about something. <laughs> um, it's, it's, uh, it's a pretty laid back time. We just chat about things that my guests are enjoy or into um, maybe outside of D and D. What are they passionate about? What, uh, what excites them? Um, and so if you are a Patreon supporter, if you support the show, first off, thank you. Uh, but secondly, you can subscribe to that special super secret Patreon audio link so that you can get access to those episodes. So make sure that you are sticking around after the episode so you can listen to that. If you're interested in supporting the show, I actively encourage you to. Um, it obviously helps make the show happen, and I appreciate it. And if you're not, that's fine. Uh, I love getting to share really cool guests like Todd uh, with you guys each and every week. If you are interested, like I said, in following the show, you can definitely find me on Twitter at Roll Persuasion. You can also find me posting literally nothing on Instagram at Roll Persuasion there as well. Um, check out RollForPersuasion.com where I post episodes and updates and all sorts of cool information. Um, like I said, we will probably be releasing this episode as a VOD on Twitch and YouTube. So keep an eye out on Twitter for that, even though we couldn't stream it. Uh, it was cool to have a face-to-face conversation. So we'll definitely share that. Have some very, very cool guests coming up that I've not announced yet, but keep an eye on the Twitter page because those will be coming out very soon. And until next time, guys, enjoy your games. Mm-hmm.